Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasvai Shri Gurave Namaha 
नमः ओम विष्णु पदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सरस्वती देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषाशून्यवादी पाश्चातिदेशतारिणे श्री चैतन्य मनोभीष्ट स्थापित येन भूतले स्वयं रूपकदाम ददाति स्वापदाक वंदेह श्रीगुर श्रीजुतापदकमल श्रीगुरुन् वैष्णवाश्रीपम सागर जात सहगनागुनाताजीव साइत सवधूत पिजन सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेव श्रीराधाकृष्णपादनालिता श्री विशाखान्वृतमेकृष्णा करुणा सिंधु दीनबंधु जगत्पते गोपेश गोपि कामोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरिप्रिय वाचाकलपतरूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिवेद्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैतागदाधार शिवासदिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्ण सो वेरी फॉर्चुनेट टू बी इन योर एसोसिएशन टू डिस्कस भागवतम टुडे um we will uh, chant the verse i'll chant the verse and then uh, we'll read the translation purport patni uchacha patni uch patni uchaha patni uchaha yagyo yam tava yagya yakena srishto yagyo yam tava yajnaya दृशपुनी पशुपातिना <coughs> पशुपतिनाद्यक्षकोपात्मनलिनुचाषपूनिषपूनिड्रेसलेशन purport <clears throat> patna yuchuhu patna uchu 
the wives of the executors of the sacrifice said wives of the executors of the sacrifice said yagya yagya the sacrifice the sacrifice i am i am this this tava tava your yeah yagyaya yajaya worshiping yajanaya yajanaya worshiping worshiping kena kena by brahma by brahma shrishtaha shishtaha arranged arranged vidvastaha vidvastaha devastated devastated pashupatina pashupatina by lord shiva by lord shiva adhya adhya today today dakshakopat dakshakopat from anger at daksha from anger daksha tam tam it it naha naha our oh tvam tvam you you shavasayana shavasayana dead bodies dead bodies abha abha like like shantamedham shantamedham the still sacrificed animals sacrificial animals the still sacrificial animals yagyatman yagya atman o lord of sacrifice o lord of sacrifice nalina nalina lotus lotus rucha rucha beautiful beautiful drisha drisha by the vision of your eyes by the vision of your eyes punihi punihi sanctify sanctify Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Shri Sri Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation: The wives of the performers of the sacrifice said, "My dear Lord, this sacrifice was arranged under the instruction of Brahma, but unfortunately, Lord Shiva, being angry at Daksha, devastated the entire scene. And because of his anger, the animals meant for sacrifice are lying dead." therefore the preparations of the yagya have been lost now by the glance of your lotus eyes the sanctity of this sacrificial elena may be again reinvoked purport animals were offered in sacrifice in order to give them renewed life that was the purpose of having animals there offering an animal in sacrifice and giving him renewed life was evidence of the strength of the chanting mantras unfortunately when daksha's sacrifice was devastated by lord shiva some of the animals were killed one was killed just to replace the head of daksha their bodies were lying about and the sacrificial arena was turned into crematorium thus the real purpose of yagya was lost Lord Vishnu being the ultimate objective of such sacrificial ceremony was requested by the wives of the priest to glance over the yagya arena with his causeless mercy so that the routine work of yagya might be continued the purport here is that animals should not be unnecessarily killed they were used to prove the strength of the mantras and were to have been rejuvenated by the use of mantras they should not have been killed as they were by lord shiva to replace the head of daksha with an animal's head 
It was pleasing to see an animal sacrificed and rejuvenated, and that pleasing atmosphere had been lost. The wives of the priests requested that the animals be brought back to life by the glance of Lord Vishnu to make a pleasing yagya. Mukam karoti vachalam pangun langate grim, yet kripata maham, shigram dinatarinam, manchakal patarubis chakripas and devyavacha, patitanam pavane devyavishnavi dinamanama. Hare Krishna. So it's my good fortune to discussion of Bhagavatam in your association, association of all the devotees. So this chapter is the continuation of the Daksha Yagya. Uh, and this is reinstatement of Daksha to perform the sacrifice that was originally destroyed uh, by Lord Shiva. And we all know the story already. What was the reason behind uh, the whole devastation of this Yajna? And in this specific verse, the wives of the sacrificial executors, the Brahmanas, they are expressing their uh, prayer and also, also seeking the benediction of the Lord to reinstate the Yajna. And this, uh, and also they are making this point that this Yajna was actually uh, arranged under the instruction of Brahma. So to the, all these sacrifices are meant for a purpose and that purpose is delineated in the scriptures. And when one performs this yajna, then automatically a uh, lot of auspiciousness is created. Right? When there is a lot of inauspiciousness, uh, there is a great deal of havoc and there is a great deal of fear, uncertainty. So typically the yajna, this sacrifice is performed to please the Lord to create a very auspicious atmosphere, to remove the fear so that everybody is favorably inclined to devote themselves to the path of devotional life or gradual upliftment to the devotional service. <clears throat> and in this purport, Srila Prabhupada is making a very important point about animals sacrifice. So there's always a great deal of contention uh, when we talk to some people, uh, they understand uh, some of the Vedic literatures are so primitive that they sacrifice animals. And this question can be asked. And Prabhupada is making the distinction between the animal sacrifice versus animal killing, what we see today. This was also brought up uh, by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, when in his conversations with Chand Kazi. Chand Kazi asked this question, you know, you know, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu posed this question, what kind of religious principle it is to kill a cow who is considered, which is considered to be like a mother, which gives them milk, and bulls, which are understood like father, because they typically use bulls to till their land for cultivating the crops and grain. So what kind of culture? So, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was questioning Chandkazi, what kind of culture is this that you kill these animals on the name of religiousness? And Chandkazi also argued, said, well, we also heard 
But in your scriptures, people also sacrifice animals. So they also sacrifice cows, horses, and other animals. So uh, how do we understand that? Because, you know, it's directly encouraging animal killing. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quotes a very important verse and also makes it clear. Says, Ashwamedam gavalambam sanyasam palavaitrikam devarena sutopatim kalopancha vivarjayet. He quotes this verse in explaining the foundation of what does animal sacrifice and what are these are the five things that are prohibited in this age which is ashwamedam which means um, uh, sacrificing a horse gavalambam is like sacrificing a cow uh, sanyasam uh, taking a sanyas order palapaitrikam offering of flesh to one's forefathers devarena sutopatim also uh, uh, creating progeny through uh, one's brother-in-law like that. So these are the five things which was which were conducted in the previous ages. Now it is forbidden in the age of Kali. So Bhagavad Gita says, Tasmat Shastram. So we make up the standard not according to what one thinks is the standard. So some people may think, oh, how are these rules and regulations made? Are they whimsically made? The answer is no. These are not uh, created from one's mind, which is contaminated with four kind of defects to cheat, to you know, fall under illusion, like that. So these are these standards are created from shastra. Tasmat shastram pramanam karya vivastato. What has to be done, what has to be forbidden, is not something that one makes up whimsically, but or one follows from Google say like that. But it is something one has to learn from scripture. So the question may be asked, well, you know, the same question. So scripture says animal sacrifice. So yes, so the understanding is, yes, animals are were sacrificed, but as Sri Prabhupada was saying, and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu described, the purpose was not to kill that animal. The purpose was actually to elevate the animal and also Test the mantra, whether this mantra is uh, working, because you're performing such a huge sacrifice. And when we say sacrifice, sometimes we just think a small fire sacrifice we do at home or at a temple. This is not the sacrifice when we are talking about. We're talking about amassing huge quantities of wealth, energy, and like a lot of brahmanas, a lot of effort goes behind you know, gathering all the ingredients. There's so much wealth given in charity in these sacrifices. So it is like a, it is like a very huge endeavor. It is not like a small, uh, small sacrifice one may see right now, what people do. It is not similar. It is very, very huge and expensive endeavor. So some of us may realize there is one name of Arjuna, it's called Dhananjaya. So this word Dhananjaya, we say in Bhagavad Gita, Matta Paratharam Kintudasti Dhananjaya. A few places that Krishna addresses Arjuna as Dhananjaya, who, is, who has conquered the wealth. So, you know, the story behind that is also Arjuna, after the war of Kurukshetra, when 
King Yudhishthir was appointed as the king, he was he became a king. They had to perform a huge sacrifice, Rajasiri Yajna or Ashwamedha Yajna, and they were practically out of all the wealth because everything was lost or used up in the war. So Arjuna was sent to collect wealth, and he collected amassed huge quantities of wealth from the Himalaya region, where he found a mine of gold. So. So it, it, as it describes, so it is a huge endeavor. It's not a simple endeavor one may think. Oh. So when one performs it, such an endeavor, obviously one wants to make sure that yes, the sacrifice is going correctly. Yes, the sacrifice is being performed properly. The mantras are properly chanted. Just like what we are seeing today, we are having this devastating pandemic. So when somebody is coming up with a medicine, a vaccine or whatever it is, one, one, it's a huge endeavor because you want to benefit millions and millions of people with that. So obviously, the same principle is also applied. Uh, principle is not to kill someone, but test on someone so that efficacy can be proved to everybody. Yes, this sacrifice is done properly. So similarly, the animals were also sacrificed, but typically old animals were given into the sacrificial fire. And immediately they were rejuvenated. Either they get a new animal body or they are elevated to a higher species of life. It's typically human form of life. So that was the spirit of conducting these animal sacrifices. And when, uh, when something is performed like that, it's actually not killing as purposes. It's renewal and rejuvenate them with a fresh purpose of life. So it was done with a very noble intention. And since that kind of sacrifices, that kind of mantra practice and pure ingredients are not possible in this age of Kali where everything is deteriorated by time and quality, it's practically impossible to conduct the sacrifice. So what to speak of sacrificing an animal to test it? <laughs> it will probably kill an animal. So that's why what I quoted that Lord Chaitanya repeated, Raj Chaitanya said, and we are repeating that five kind of activities, which include sacrificing animals, is prohibited in the in the age of Kali, which is the current age. And because ultimately the real purpose of Yajna is to please Vishnu. And if we if uh, we are to please Vishnu, then we have to also follow the directions laid out by the Lord in the form of the scriptures. So that was the real purpose of sacrifice. And even in this pastime, uh, that, was, that is what is being mentioned here. You know, some of the animals were killed unnecessarily or they got collateral damage. That's what sometimes we say between the, between the battle or tussle between Daksha and Lord Shiva. Some of these innocent animals were killed. So this is not something was expected. So, uh, the wives of the, the sacrificial performers are expressing this to Lord Vishnu. So this, this has been uh, the spirit, but today we see that contrary to the spirit of understanding, as we were saying, everything has to be followed from the standard of a scripture. So people use the same scripture to interpret and kill animals. So this is the this is the 
irony and the biggest misfortune of uh, current civilization is we not only misrepresent the scripture and uh, but also we promote irreligion through scripture so this is a very uh, amazing aspect it's just not irreligion because one is not following scripture but one uses the same scripture which is used to promote the value of religion which brings out characters of compassion and and selfless service but using the same scripture with a misinterpretation motive misinterpretative motive one promotes a religion and this has been happening and is happening more and more as as the current age progresses and krishna brings up this point also in in bhagavad gita since we're talking about bhagavad gita gita jayanti is coming up so it's it's uh, worth to meditate on this point also that krishna says in the bhagavad gita 4 chapter 4 text number 2 that that uh, this knowledge of bhagavad gita was 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 uh, received through chain of disciplic succession evam parampara praptam imam rajarshayudu through kings who are supposed to be the upholders of the true religious principles and he also says sakale namahata yoga nashta parantapa so in due course of time the chain of disciplic succession is broken so he mentions the same aspect that yes even in the matter of transcendental knowledge it happens that in due course of time the deviation occurs and yoga nashta parantapa interestingly prabhupada what word translation for nashta usually when nashta means is it is destroyed uh, but he uses the word scattered scattered very interesting this prabhupada uses that word because technically yes it seems to be that bhagavad gita is still being you know shared everywhere but the question is is the real purpose being shared that is being scattered so prabhupada's translation what to what transliteration is so very apt to the true understanding yes the one may have still the scripture but the true purpose because of the false motivation is being scattered from the real focus which is krishna and devotional service so he makes this point i'll read from this bhagavad gita that verse it says as soon as the original purpose was scattered by the motives of the unscrupulous commentators there arose the need to reestablish the disciplic succession so krishna comes krishna came and reestablished this uh, religious principle uh, or transcendental principle of of uh, revealing this transcendental knowledge through arjuna to all of us again so and in due course of time this deviations or scattering occurs but this is when lord sends his powerful uh, representatives in the form of acharyas and he himself comes to to dissipate this scattering of losing the original purpose and you know into in the end of that purport proper makes a very important point how we should receive it too because you know we have to understand to the true spirit and he said bhagavad gita as it is accepted as it is is a great boon to humanity but if it is accepted as a treatise of philosophical speculation it is simply a waste of time 
So, <clears throat> so though, though there is so much misinterpretation of the scripture, that does not mean one has to speculate. Or where, which is one is right, whether this one is right or that one is right, who knows which is right. So one may have all these questions. That's why Prabhupada is saying, that's why we've given this Bhagavad Gita as it is. But if you accept the principle as it is, it will become a great boon. So one may question, well, how Bhagavad Gita as it is is different. It could be one more speculation because so many books have come in the name of Bhagavad Gita and they've deviated from the original intention. So you're claiming this is as it is. So what is the proof? Ultimately, the real proof, Krishna only says, this evam parampara pratham. So this knowledge is not something that is created from one's own mind. So that is the first thing one has to observe. Where is this knowledge coming from? Is this knowledge something being created by someone's interpretation? Or is this being, uh, is this being received properly through a chain of recyclic succession? One, where one is supposed to submit to the higher authority. Simply, similarly, like for example, if, uh, if one goes to a hospital and if doctor says, I just, I just thought I would be a very good doctor to treat all of the patients. I felt it is very, my, uh, very appealing to me and it's my divine call to me. <laughs> nobody, nobody will put faith in such a person. Even though that person may be qualified, who knows, but still the idea of receiving knowledge from an authority or an authoritative line of disciple whether it is a, a medical field or whether it is any technical field and what to speak of spiritual field. So spirituality also does not mean what one just creates and feels what one thinks. It, it has to be, in fact, more caution should be observed when one receives knowledge. Where is it is received? Chain of disciplic succession. Yes, that is the first principle. Yes, this person is representative. Yes, so I can trust the words. And the second principle also, Krishna says in the same section, says, So this knowledge, though it may look like a book knowledge, in fact, it's the most confidential knowledge. It's a secret. And what is the, what is the, what is the way one can understand that principle? It's through love, loving devotion to Krishna. When, when one has that, then one can understand the spirit of that. Otherwise, one will only be attached to the letter of that. So there is a spirit of the law and there is a letter of the law. So sometimes they say, you know, you're reading your scripture, black and white. Somebody reads white, somebody reads black. So how do we know which is right? So one must definitely first, as we discussed, he has to be properly under the guidance, receiving that knowledge. Second, he himself has to practice, uh, the, one who has practiced and developed that loving devotion to God, such a person is qualified to understand spirit. And this has been the principle of why Krishna chose Arjuna to receive this knowledge. There were many scholars during the Mahabharata time great, great uh, educated uh, sages, but still Krishna chose Arjuna to receive this knowledge 
on this very fundamental principle that unless one has a loving connection, one cannot understand secret of this knowledge because it's something is <clears throat> to be only understood. There is no question of envy. There's no question of, of minimizing the purpose of Krishna. So these two principles are very, very important when we understand and that to avoid that kind of deviation uh, and scattering. So one has to develop these qualities and also see the qualities. So if we observe that and we can see, yes, Bhagavad Gita as it is presented by Srila Prabhupada is very much in this line. He's, uh, he's very much a representative of, uh, of a bona fide uh, religious, uh, not religious, a bona fide spiritual transcendental lineage. And at the same time, he also exhibited a very focused determination of developing loving service to Krishna. So whoever connects through such a bona fide, Prabhupada says bona fide spiritual master, yes, then one will also understand the true purpose of the Bhagavad Gita. So similarly, <clears throat> when one does not understand, then one will, as Prabhupada says, even though one may accept as a philosophically, oh, this Shri Bhagavad Gita is such a philosophical, uh, thoughtful book, but one may not necessarily get the ultimate benefit. One may get some kind of benefit. Okay, I get, yes, this I understand this. It's pretty relevant to me. But to get the ultimate benefit, one has to develop that loving devotion. <clears throat> and uh, so this, 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 there is always this paradigm of getting, going to the essence versus getting caught up in the details. And, you know, in the story of, uh, I'm trying to see where is the time, 35, yeah. In the, there is a beautiful story in the Srimad Bhagavatam 10th canto. There is the description of Yagyak Brahmanas. You know, since we're talking about yagya, might as well talk about the brahmanas, yagic brahmanas and their wives. So the chapter, the Prabhupada entitled, Krishna blesses the yagic, wives of yagic brahmanas. Very, very important uh, message that Krishna wanted to share to the whole humanity through this pastime. So Krishna and his, his uh, cowherd friends were in the forest and Krishna friends expressed that they were hungry. So Krishna said, okay, why don't you go to these brahmanas who are performing a certain kind of yajna? They were performing a certain kind of yajna to, to regain the position in the heavenly planets. And he said, why don't you go and beg them the food? And the cowherd boys went, they had a discussion with the yajnic brahmanas. And the yajnic brahmanas or the brahmanas they were very knowledgeable. They were studies in, studied in the Vedas. They were performing all kinds of austerities. So one may think, wow, they are very uh, elevated personalities. And they were. They were elevated personalities. But when the request was made to deliver some food for Krishna and his friends, they were not favorable. And they became... In fact, it, it is described by Racharis, they were very rude to the Brahmas. They would not say yes, they would not say no. So when somebody says yes, typically, you know, it's it's a very favorable thing. When somebody says no, at least it's 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 understood, okay, somebody doesn't want to do it. But when doesn't when somebody doesn't say yes or no, that is just a rude way to ignore someone. 
So the Brahmanas ignored Krishna and his coward friends. Though they were performing all these great sacrifices, they were very learned in the Vedas, studied in the scriptures, still because they were caught up in the details of the rituals. And it's essentially they forgot the goal of everything is Krishna. Krishna became a human for them. So this is what happens when what focuses on only details and not the essence and goes away further, further, further into details. Development of pride is what happens. And when pride develops, we automatically minimize everything around us. And they, they thought Krishna is such an ordinary, you know, just an ordinary person. He's just an ordinary child. So why is he disturbing our yajna? So they were very impudent. Whereas when Krishna, when the coward boys came back to Krishna and expressed that, he just laughed. He said, yes. This was expected. He said, why don't you go to the wives of the same brahmanas? And then he didn't even say, request them food. Because he said, they love me so much uh, that you don't have to even request them the food. In fact, you know, if you say we are hungry, they may feel very pain in their heart. They'll be very pain, feeling, expressing a lot of pain in their heart. So he said, just go to them. The cowherd boys went. And practically when the wives of the, these brahmanas, they heard the name of Krishna, they fainted in, in ecstasy. They had so much love, which they developed for Krishna. But we'll come to how they developed to it. Where is, that's where we will conclude uh, with this discussion. So when they fainted, Krishna, uh, Krishna's friends had to <laughs> awaken them, saying that, well, we are very hungry. So they felt they immediately woke up and they, they said, okay, we have to do something for you. And they, they immediately delivered large, large quantities of food. Personally, they delivered to Krishna and their, and their uh, friends. So here we see the same family, Yagik Brahmanas, wives. They were very simple. They did not perform great austerities. They were not learned. They were, they were not performing great uh, yagyas like the, their husbands were doing. Yet simply because they understood the essence, which is to love Krishna, even though there were so many details they missed out, they were able to understand the purpose, why Krishna wants what. And also immediately they could recognize Krishna. And how is this possible? Ultimately, when how do we focus on the essence? So that question may be raised. And the same question may be asked about these ladies too, these wives of Brahmanas who exhibited this great devotion. Dvija Patni, Jaya, Naga Kanyadan, Bhakti Terahara, Govinda Charan, they were they come to the perfection of their life by exhibiting this devotion. And how did they get chance to hear? How did they know that Krishna about Krishna and this? And how did they develop love? So the Acharyas say they heard about Krishna. So it's not just about seeing Krishna face to face. So, so many times Prabhupada was asked this question, like, did you see God? Prabhupada answered differently a different situation, but ultimately said, what is the use of me telling whether I saw it or not? How does that help you? So the point is, through this pastime is, it's not just through seeing the Lord, one will understand that he's Krishna. Even if Krishna were to come here, 
we will have that question. Yes, we will deviate from understanding. Is this really Krishna? Is someone ordinary? These great brahmanas were also deluded like that. But the wives, because they heard about Krishna, and how did they hear? They did not have to go to any discourses. It was it is described by our Vaishnava Acharyas that simple Vrindavan flower garland makers and betel nut makers they were just coming to to these wives and they were telling about glories of Krishna. So they were so absorbed to hear the glories of Krishna from these simple villagers who were coming and glorifying Krishna. Automatically they developed love for Krishna. They never seen Krishna before. So very thought of Krishna actually uh, evoked ecstatic love in their heart so so we can see that how one when one focuses on this essence principle of hearing and trying to cultivate krishna then automatically this so many deviations of scattering of our one mind or misunderstanding of rituals all this everything will be completely subsided one will understand the purpose of everything by understanding krishna so that is the purpose of also uh, bhagavad gita when when one understands the principle of Krishna, who is Krishna and what is the purpose of one's life, to serve Krishna, to develop love towards Krishna, automatically uh, one understands everything. So this also Krishna says in the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Maya saktamana partha yogam yunjan mad ashraya asamsayam samagram maam yada yasi tachane. So if you develop that attachment, and that happens, as we know, by hearing about Krishna from one who has love, one who loves Krishna, automatically, asamsayam, without any doubt, Krishna says, samagramam, everything, every kind of conflicting thing, or any, every, time, every kind of a questionable thing we may have, we don't understand this thing, we don't understand something about this. If you just focus on the essence, we're not ignoring the details, but we focus, then automatically all these details are also eventually they get cleared up. Krishna wants, we can understand everything and and one will achieve the complete perfection. And there is no other great devotees than gopis. We can see that they exhibited these qualities. They're simply attracted to Krishna. To that point, so now this month is also the month of <clears throat> in Vaishnava calendar, we see Katya and Ivrata. So sometimes people ask, well, then gopis already were, were loving Krishna. Why were they worshipping Katyayani? Katyayani is a form of Durga. So that question is also asked sometimes. Uh, so the idea is, in Vedas, there are so many things. So uh, uh, generally, our, our guidance is, yes, follow, focus on Krishna. Just don't get lost into so many things because the purpose of everything is to understand Krishna. Krishna also says that in 15th chapter. So the so question may be asked, why did this gopis, why were they worshipping the form of Durga? Sometimes we see the Brajabhas is also worshipping different demigods. So why is this? So the principle is same. When one focuses on the essence and one is when loves Krishna, there is nothing which is against uh, against uh, or let, let me say in this, everything can be used to develop love in Krishna. 
So the gopis were also using, or rather they were worshipping Durga just so that they can get closer to Krishna. So as one focuses on the essence, this is the benefit that only focus will become Krishna, but everything else, whether it is directly connected to Krishna, as far as advancement of practice is concerned, or even indirectly connected, remotely connected, everything becomes for the same purpose to connect to Krishna. So, and, you know, if we prematurely do that, then we, we get caught up in the details and we forget the essence. And we then forget the essence, our focus is scattered and we lose. And we, we may also become like the Agyagic Brahmanas. So, so this, this, this pastimes teach us that, you know, by just focusing on the essence, we understand the spirit. And, you know, just like what today verse is said, then all these questionable things, whether animals are killed, animals sacrificed, one understands very clearly, yes, everything is used for only one purpose, which is Yajna, Yajyo Vaivishnu, is to please Krishna. So everything can be used. Animals can be sacrificed, but there is a purpose. And when they are sacrificed, how it is done properly and what is the benefit to done to them. So if we understand that spirit through, through proper disciple succession, through one's spiritual masters, then one, one may protect oneself from uh, getting caught up into details which deviate us from the essence. And, and uh, then we become, as Prabhupada is saying, when one accepts Bhagavad Gita as it is, it will become a great boon to humanity, to ourselves and to humanity. But otherwise, if you're just thinking, well, philosophically, this is that, I think this is this, that, then Prophet says it's simply a waste of time because one will not get to the conclusion and also one will get so caught up in the details that one may even think, well, this Krishna, all these Vedic scriptures, they, they don't really promote true to transcendental knowledge. So sometimes we see that and we are amazed. Oh, wow, how is this possible? It's just because we have missed the essence. So uh, those are some points I thought I would uh, discuss today. Any, so I will end it here and uh, would like to hear your comments or questions, any other discussion, reflections. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Nice to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you. Uh, regarding, I was appreciating the points you were making about Yagya and um, the reference you gave with the wives of the Vedic Yagya Brahmanas. I was thinking of the verse from uh, fourth chapter. I'm not sure if you referenced it, but you definitely touched on this point. Uh, Krishna saying to Arjuna, Saibayam Vayatigya, Yoga Prokta because you are a friend and devotee, you can understand the mystery of Yes. Sometimes, sometimes we read Shastra and we might think, well, um, I have to, you know, I have to become a scholar, or this person is a scholar, so they, they have deep understanding, whereas someone might appear appear to be simple, not very scholarly or philosophical, um, may not know the intricacies of performing yajyas, of mantras. But Krishna doesn't say, because you are my scholar or my philosopher, or because you are 
an expert yogic brahmana or uh, whatever it is, you know, uh, you're expert with rituals. Um, he says, Tarjuna, because you're my friend and my devotee, you can understand the mystery. So I find it very fascinating because the commentaries of the Acharyas, as you were referencing, you know, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Sridhar Swami, we have the, um, you know, Sharta, Sharta um, Darshani, we have all these tikas and incredible references that are quite scholarly. They are Shastra, philosophical, very deep elaborations. We have, you know, Jiva Goswami, we have Bhagavatamrita, Sanatana Goswami's purports. So there is a, there is a, um, a wealth of incredible deep philosophy given by Acharyas. At the same time, all these Acharyas, um, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Vishwanathalvi Thakur, they're, I, I'm, I'm guessing, and our appreciation of them isn't just because they're a great scholar or a philosopher, but they know the intricacies of Shastras because they're a pure devotee and they're Krishna's friend. And therefore, they understand these deeper mysteries. And then, as a result, the overflow of that, they're, because they're Krishna's, because they're a devotee, then yeah, these beautiful, elaborate commentaries, not just because they have some gyan and some gift of some intellectual prowess, they, they're able to elaborate. It's, it's really much deeper than that. Yeah, and that's, that's and correct. Krishna's statement about bhaktosi sakacheti, that because you are my friend and devotee, therefore the depth of this mystery uh, is understandable to you, as it is to yes. our as it is to all our charges. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yes, Prabhu. So, so in general, uh, that's a great point. So in general, to understand that there is an external aspect of devotion and internal aspect of devotion. And when we say external aspect of devotion, then we see typically that is done in a Varnashrama way. So one may be a sannyasi, one may be a brahmana, one may be a socially uh, positioned in a certain way, one may be a man, women in a certain duty, one may be performing duties, that is an external aspect. So one may receive certain respect, one may receive certain understanding of that. But the focus is the internal aspect, where internal aspect is Mahaprabhu teaches. So, so even for sannyasis, if they caught up, get caught up in only the external aspect and forget about the internal aspect, and that's where Krishna says, then you have not understood, you have not gained my mercy. So you, you're perfect. That's how Mahaprabhu teaches also. Thank you. Hare Krishna, Mother Nija. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Obeisances. Obeisances to you. Thank you very much. Thank so, you. Prabhu, uh, because of not understanding the essence of uh, Jagya, uh, Daksha, treated Lord Shiva offensively and all these things happened because he wasn't really understanding Jagya or at least the one he was performing very completely and so here in this verse it seems that the wives of the uh, performers of the sacrifice were seeing that, oh, this was very unfortunate 
that Lord Shiva devastated this whole scene. And of course, you know, no one likes to see the, the death of the animals, but um, as they speak, it's almost like um, they're not appreciating the uh, nature of Lord Shiva, that why would he do what he did? Why would he act in this way? Why did he um, disturb this sacrifice? It seems as if they're not understanding the whole situation after everything happened. Um, it, it, it almost seems like they're saying, oh, you know, so unfortunate, look what Lord Shiva did. Uh, of course, it is unfortunate for animals to be unnecessarily killed, that's understood. But um, in one way, it seems that they're um, not really appreciating that Lord Shiva um, does what he does as the greatest devotee of Vishnu. So it almost seems like, well, after all this, you know, this, all, everything that happened, they're not really getting the picture. They don't, they don't get it. Well, this may be not true, I don't know, but um, they're saying, oh, unfortunately. And so, yeah. so it's, it seems that um, there's a disconnect there. So, um, and it seems that there's a disconnect over and over again with Lord Shiva not appreciating his position. And um, anyway, I was wondering if you wanted to say anything about that. Yeah, it, it's an interesting point to what you said, that he, I, I, I felt the same in a couple of verses before to when Brugu also offers his prayer, he kind of hints in a different way, Prabhupada says, let um, me say what Prabhupada says clearly. Uh, Lord Shiva, uh, Brugu says, <laughs> says, Brugu was conscious of the scandalous behavior exhibited by each and every one of them, including Brahma and Lord Shiva. <laughs> so, so, you know, one way we can see this is, the, this is just, there, there's so much, uh, and if I were to say the word, there's so much mess that happened in this whole arena. So everybody's got their perspective. It's, it's that they're, they've seen this and it's, it's a pretty intense situation what happened. Now, typically you would, when you think about heavenly realm, you think about everything being such a peaceful place, but this is, this is great demigods, great, great sages that we, we look up to. And you know, it, this kind of situation was not expected. It's kind of shocking for someone to know this. And you know, all some of these great people, they're just witnessing this. And one way we can see is this, they're just sharing their, their perspective to the Vishnu, to the Lord. It's not necessarily this comparable to the prayers of, uh, of Prahlad Maharaj or Dhruva Maharaj, where we can understand their prayers are more of realized understanding after intense practice of, of spiritual practice through their purification of their heart. So they were completely purified. And so they, their prayers are also very much transcendental 
in the spirit that you know they understand the essence of it. So, so that's one way. Though this is appeared in Srimad Bhagavatam, these prayers because they are also directed towards Vishnu, so they're accepted. Any any prayer accepted is offered to Vishnu is ultimately for the benefit. And the purpose of prayer also is the same, please to reinstate the sacrifice. But that does not necessarily mean their perspectives are completely pure. They still have their own, uh, uh, what, what is the, I would say the word is, they, they observe the situation through their own lenses and they've come to their own uh, understanding. But ultimately they all have come to agree agreement, which is, you know, ultimately everything can be only mitigated by performance of sacrifice. So this sometimes happens that, you know, we also see that everybody has their perspective, but if we all agree to the solution, which is the bona fide solution is to please Krishna. And that is the ultimate recipe for, so again, it's the same thing that we, you know, maybe we, we just have to focus on the, ultimate the solution what they're saying and we don't know maybe they're not sufficiently purified to see the perspective that's how i i understood it uh would you like to elaborate or say how you thought it thanks Prabhu. um i'm appreciating how you're saying that they're seeing the essence of the sacrifice in other words praying to lord vishnu appreciating him as the um, you know, the ultimate beneficiary and everything. So in that sense, they right. are, they're getting it, you know, yes. in that sense. But like yeah. you say, then there's still sometimes those tinges, yes. you know, and I guess it would be pretty much of a, mm, maybe uh, to see like their husbands, you know, the performers of the Jogya, <laughs> Yes. put into such a, a scene they yeah. it must have been so shocking to them that you know <laughs> i guess uh what else are they going to do in, in one way yeah. and and like you say maybe not being fully completely on the pure platform but at least you know appreciating at this point the essence of it so i i i really appreciate your Thank answer you. And, I mean, um, I, I, I just understood um, that know, based the, on, oh, sorry. I, I just understood that based on the, mm -hmm. how Daksha comes back in next life, he, he reincarnates after this, and he seems to perform similar mistakes. So that <laughs> the propensity, as you may know already, in, this, in the sixth <laughs> canto, he goes after Narada Muni this time. So. Yeah. Please complete what were you yeah. saying. Mother yeah, Sorry. and it's a good lesson. No, no. Um, good lesson for all of us, you know, because we may not feel very purified, but, you know, at least we're trying to appreciate, um, you know, that uh, sacrifice for Vishnu is uh, what we're going for here. Yes. <laughs> and... Yes. Uh, you know, trying to really appreciate that, the, the yeah. peace formula, you know, Prabhupada gave us. So, so in that way, we're learning gradually, you know, how to um, engage in the Sankirtan movement with more and more um, purity and uh, share that more and more with others so that they can see 
the essence as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Well, it's 9.01. So anybody has any final comments? Uh, I have a question. Okay, Hare Krishna. So, I mean, I don't know. How long can we go? I think Vrinda Sundari Mataji. Okay, she skipped thumbs up. Uh, Brinda Devi, may I? She gave a thumbs up, yes. Yes, so thank you, Brinda Devi, for your service. And uh, Tulasi Vallabhadas Prabhu, please accept my humble obeisances of glories to Srila Prabhupada. Please Prabhu, my, thank you. Um, my question is related to the following sentence that I find in the purport. Uh, the, the purport here, well, quote, the purport here is that animals should not be unnecessarily killed, end quote. And in order for me to ask my question, I need to add to this sentence, um, to this quote, uh, the following passage of Bhagavad Gita as it is, um, chapter 16, uh, entitled The Divine and Demonic Natures, uh, text 3. Uh, it is a passage of the purport. It goes yes. like this, uh, quote, the animal, um, no, quote, real ahimsa means not checking anyone's progressive life. The animal are also making progress in their evol evolutionary life by transmigrating from one category of animal life to another. If a particular animal is killed, then his progress is checked. If an animal is staying in a particular body for so many days or so many years and is untimely killed, then he has to come back again in that form of life to complete the remaining days in order to be promoted to another species of life. So their progress should not be checked simply to satisfy one's palate. This is called ahimsa, end quote. So Prabhu, my question is as follows. Um, what about the vegetables that the Hare Krishna, that the Hare Krishna use in order to cook it, uh, for it to be offered, and then for it to be honored as prasadam? Uh, vegetables are also living entities um, walking on the path of progressive life uh, in order to reach higher higher stages of consciousness. What would you respond to, to this? What, what is your viewpoint uh, related to killing vegetables to offer it to Krishna? Thank you, Prabhu, for asking that question. Uh, personally, I don't have any viewpoint. <laughs> I think uh, because, you know, everybody will have their viewpoint of what is correct and what is wrong. So again, the, the, the point I made is everything, just like one may have a, a point of view about what should be judged according to what one thinks, but ultimately in a, when, it, when it comes to a law, when this is because this is all ultimately related to karma and law one has to go to the creator's viewpoint. And so we have to understand Krishna's viewpoint. 
And Krishna makes it clear in various places. And Srimad Bhagavatam also, Kapil of Devamani sections also is described. And also uh, in Bhagavad Gita, Patram Pushpam Phalam Toyam. So uh, the idea is uh, if one offers vegetables, leaves, or whatever, with Krishna, with devotion, those vegetables or those plants, those, those spirit souls are elevated also. And he does not say that in, in connection with animals. Uh, so one has to follow. So Krishna, Prabhupada used to say, you know, we're not about trying to, trying to go after uh, people who are eating meat. That's not the intention of the Krishna consciousness movement. The intention of Krishna consciousness movement is to follow the instructions of Krishna. Because ultimately, he's the Lord, he's the creator, he knows what is the best. And in Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, subscribed, you know, when one takes the material body, you know, jivo, jivasya, jivanam, one depends on something to survive. Because, you know, especially in Kali Yuga, you will not see anybody who cannot, who can survive without eating. So one is automatically dependent on something, on a lo especially lower form. So the idea is to minimize the violence as much as possible. So as a responsible, in a biblical tradition also it is given that same fundamental principle is taught. So as a responsible and uh, as a responsible species with more intelligence and more uh, understanding, we, we make the best choice. That's one aspect of it. So we minimize the violence and by 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 eating vegetarian and we further minimize the violence by offering those vegetables to Krishna and that way they are elevated so that that is the point so we we make we're not technically killing when we offer uh, foodstuffs to Krishna when he accepts with when we offer with love and devotion Krishna accepts those those spiritual souls who have taken shelter of that particular body are elevated. So, yeah, so that is the point. Does it make sense? Uh, yes, uh, completely, Prabhu. Thank you for your wonderful answer. Hare Krishna. Thank you, baby. Hare Krishna. Okay, so I think we've gone past uh, 9.08. So, thank you very much for your association.